0: go what's happening folks what's happening folks bob dog checking in with you once again oh man i hope y'all doing good i hope your life is better than mine um i say that with all gratitude involved i'm definitely thankful to be where i am with the help that i have and the ability to wiggle my toes i've oh man i'm just gonna jump right into this episode and this is the life of a loser and that's me that's me folks. bob dog y'all want to sum up the definition, man, it's going to show a picture of this guy. And, uh, I say that with, um, huh? I can't say with pride, but I can't say, I say it with shame either. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I've definitely chose this route. I've lived it. Um, it looks like I may be ending up homeless again. You know what I mean? Just from the route that I ride. And it's crazy. Cause a couple years ago, I'm literally running a poker tournament, giving out a hundred dollars every weekend. And then, turning around and it's going to be like, damn back on the streets. But I do not value the shit that I gave away. I do not value any of it. I do not value a damn thing in this life, except for this happiness of my children. Materialistically y'all can miss me with that shit. I do not care about a Mercedes. I do not care about a BMW. I do not care about what the hell y'all be caring about. Like I'll be honest with you. I really don't. There's nothing materialistic that I really, really want. And if there is, it's probably something old. Um, I actually have three chessboards sitting in front of me right now. One's from like, Oh shit. Early 1900s. One's from the mid 1900s and one's from the two thousands. You know, I got wooden metal and plastic in front of me and it's all, they're all the same. Um, the, the older one is actually the nicest one. The new ones, they're just piece of shits and they're plastic and it's crap. And it's like, we make a lot of crap on, especially nowadays. And a lot of the stuff we use is just valueless. Um, I got a lot of Funko Pops, the same thing. That's what I mean, it's just a bunch of crap, you know what I mean? And it's just looking at it, and uh, it's very interesting knowing that I might be back living on the streets, and I got all these Funko, all these things that I acquired over years. So the way that I always looked at collecting those types of things, um, like with my children, I've always, when I buy my sports cards, um, I do that with the idea that when I die, I can hand them to my children. And when I say hand them to my, I mean I can literally walk up and hand them You know, I'll be dead, but somebody can walk up and hand them the stack of cards. And it's up to them. You can go and sell it. You can have them to remember your dad. You can do whatever you want. If you decide to sell it, you don't have to worry about the taxes. So inheritance, I think now that the tax person, I think they're at like 60% for inheritance. So they're going to get less than half of whatever you're trying to give them. That ain't going to fly with me, man. I ain't doing that shit. That's wrong, dude. The government doesn't deserve any of that. You know what I mean? Any of it, let alone 60% 60% so it's so fucked up especially here in California it's bad so inheritance is not going to be happening in the form of money you ain't taxing me like that so that's why when I do purchase like let's just say the old chess boards I know that in the future he'll be able to sell them will he be able to sell them for what I paid for them? maybe maybe he'll get more maybe he'll get less but I'll tell you what it's going to be better than that 60% when people are just taking right off the top so that's fucked up the whole government thing I didn't get into that with you, but that's a whole nother day. Um, So I, I guess that's a mindset thing. And with that being said, I, I should invest better. Um, I should definitely be investing in something that can more of a passive income. But I don't even like that term just because I think that everybody should be working. Um, I think it's bullshit how people do like, you know, I'm not even going to get into the bullshit. Um, life of a loser, folks. I, I say this as somebody that had been winning for a long time. I definitely grew up. I hit the jackpot when I was born. Not only was I born in America, um, with a lot of freedoms that others don't have, I was born to two parents that absolutely loved me. So that was amazing. Me and my little brother, we had it we had it made, man. We had four older sisters, but they were half sisters from other marriages and stuff, so didn't have that same connection but we had it all, man. Um, I definitely played soccer. I played, uh, did BMX. I got third in the world nationals. Um, karate, I was always in tournaments. Football, we won the championship. Motocross, I was always up in the front. And I was just always winning. When it came to that type, I was a very competitive person. I love it. Um, I've always loved it. And I was always winning. So I was always at the top of that damn uh, podium, man. I was always up there. My, my dad still has hundreds of trophies. Um. Right around third grade, man, my mom left. And I don't know I don't I don't know how to tell it. it got fucking dark, man. It got a real dark. Um I never raced again. We never really did sports again. We never competed in competition again from that point. Um my father, he's amazing. I, I give it up to him. He's always worked his ass off. He'll he'll provide. He's never not provided, he's always busting his ass. He's not an emotional specialist. We'll put that. Um, my dad, he definitely lost his mom at a young age. And his dad was a, a biker. You know, one of those Hells Angels dudes. So, he didn't get a lot of emotion from that side. And uh, my dad, amazing dad. Um, he's definitely somebody we can always go to him if we ever need something. But when it comes to emotion, that's not something we feel comfortable. At least me. I didn't feel comfortable talking with my dad about emotions. My brother tell you the same thing, I'm sure. But i let him speak for himself, but that wasn't something that we really spoke, you know, with my dad about. That was more like a mom thing. So when my mom left, man, it was different. I remember I'd be out there crying with my mom for so long, man. And my brother, he'd already go inside. So he's inside. My dad knows what's going on. He, he knows I'm out there crying with my mom, but he went, you know, he went mess with us. He'd just let us, leave us out there. But as I just remember the walk in, man, I have to suck it up and try to wipe the tears from my eyes and just walk through and it, you know be be be, be, a, be a man now time to time to be a man so you got all that bitch shit out of the way time to time to walk in this house you know what i mean and so you just suck it up go in and i remember laying there man i would i would just lay there and just fucking cry man cry myself to sleep i remember my brother telling me like stop like well fuck couldn't breathe man you know i just i'd just be leaving a big ass puddle but yeah man it was it was tough Man, i used to sit there and just cry myself to sleep and uh you know, nothing going to change that. And what I learned about all those nights of my it ain't going to change a motherfucking thing. You can sit out there and cry. It ain't going to do a damn thing. What you got to do is put in the work, make that shit better, and that's all you can do. You know what I mean? If, if you are going to sit and cry about it, I mean, maybe somebody will come along and give you a little a little something for it, but that's, that's not what I'm here for, folks. Um, life of a loser, man. So my mom left in third grade. Everything changed, man. By fourth grade, um, I finally became labeled a failure, and it was it. That's how quick it took. My mom was gone in third grade. I pretty much failed my first class in fourth. Since the day my mom left, I don't think I ever did a piece of homework ever. And I say that because my mom and I and my brother, we used to sit down. I think at eight thirty every night, we sit down on our bed and we go over our homework. Once she left, we never did homework. My dad come home, well, you did homework, did it. That's it. You know what I mean? Did it. That's it. Keep going. And from that day forward, I mean, from fourth grade, that was the first time that I failed. You know, my fourth grade teacher definitely passed me, but I definitely failed. Um, School just took a shit. Fifth grade, sixth grade, those are kind of blurs to me. I really don't remember very much. Um, But I do remember by seventh grade, it was it was all out. It was full blown. My friends no longer wanted to hang out with me. My friends actually pulled me aside and said, hey, man, you know what what you're doing now. we, We can't hang out with you anymore. Like you're just taking a different route. I'm like, all right, you know, they're my best friends and uh, they don't want to hang out with me anymore just because I just be wild. I'm smoking weed, doing all these things with other people, but I'm not bringing anything around them, but they just said that, you know, we can't hang out with you anymore. I just remember them telling me that. I'm just like, all right, like, cool, whatever. I'm all about, you know what I mean? Go the other way. It's funny because what I was doing back, I was smoking weed back then. Now the guys that told me I couldn't hang out with me, they all grow weed for a living. They're all like running weed things and doing all they're just so far behind me but i was kind of more ahead at the time plus weed was for criminals back then nowadays weed is everywhere nobody gives a damn so by seventh grade it's crazy man because i was already in the weed i bought my first gun Uh, i slept with my first grill like by seventh grade i was full blown it was blown out by eighth grade i got expelled by ninth grade um i went to colton high at colton high oh man at colton high i hung out with uh I'm gonna call them the DGKs, Dirty Ghetto Kids. It was me, Chang, Russ. There was like four of us, man. And we all we just scrapped. That's it, man. It was there was the two white boys, me and Russ, my boy Angel, he's Hispanic, and then my boy Chang, he's Cambodian. They didn't fuck with us, man. Everybody pretty much left us alone. You know what I mean? Like we you already know what you're getting into. Come fuck with us. If you need some weed, we could get you some weed. If you if you wanna fuck and fight, we could fight. We we loved all of that. So by the time I hit high school, it it was already turned out, man. I was on a whole nother level by 10th grade. Um, I ditched most of 10th grade. I think I went to school maybe eight times. I remember a teacher in my keyboarding class when I finally went to school one day and I went and sat down and she was like, you're still in, you're still go to this school. And I was like, yep, I'm here. She's like, you can't be in my class. You've been missing so long that I, you can't catch up now. So go to the office. I'm like, uh, All right, so I walked out of her class, went, jumped the gate, and just started walking home. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, fuck you too, bitch. So by that point, my 10th grade, like I said, I was ditching so much. There was no point. Um, Eventually, I got kicked out of my house living with my dad, and I moved in with my mom in San Bernardino. Went to San Bernardino High for a little bit. I got good grades, man. I had like a 3.0. I was doing awesome, but that's when... Life just happened, man. My mom had left my stepdad, and she was hurting, trying to make it. And we got a roommate, uh, Mr. Baker. He was paralyzed from the waist down. He was doing his own thing. Um, Amazing guy, man. He had a '69 Mustang Cobra Jet. That's a whole other story. But I remember he he passed away. So R.I.P. to Kenny, man. But um, I just remember him. You know, him and my mom. They were amazing people, man. They they gave me more than more than I deserved at that point I was selling so much weed I was such a piece of shit man I'm so disappointed in just the the child that I am um and the parent that I am I think that I should have done I should be a better dad for example instead of doing those poker tournaments and doing all that and giving it away to people that maybe it'll help maybe it won't I probably should have been allocating my resources and building them up you know college just college tuition things and just actually saving and doing that but i i'm not a saver folks i never grew up around money i don't know money like that i'm bad on money um i have a bad discipline with money when i have money i like to give it away i, I don't even like to keep shit uh i don't like buying stuff for me i'd rather buy something and i bring them in and then i give them away i, I just give away pokemon cards and like four boxes of shit to my boy Merch when he came over to make the podcast it's like, here, you want this, you want this, want some graded Pokemon cards for your kids, you want this? And it's like, I just give shit away. I don't want to charge no nothing. I don't want to profit from people. Like, I'm not that's that's not me. I've never been a big money sales type person. Um I don't value it. I don't value the materialisticness. And I guess that that may be what makes me a loser, because I'm not driven. Um typically when I do want to get something, like let's just say I wanted a Tesla, I'll figure out a way to get there. Like, I don't, I don't have to worry about that. I wanted a Honda CRX. So I got two outside. I had four at one point. So it's like, I'll figure out how to get there. I wanted a house to live in. Um, I had to move to Texas and just work out of state and go work on the oil field and save up enough money. I moved back to California. I wanted to start a, a weed house and just grow weed all day. I got really good at that. Bought a bunch of LED lights. Had a whole house set up and everything going. And that's when I got custody of my son, man. The greatest thing ever. You know, the greatest... Blessing ever, man. And once I got custody of my son, he was getting so old. I didn't want him to be around the weed thing and think that it was cool. So I I dropped it. You know, I cut all that and sold everything that I had and just became full blown dad mode. You know, and it was it's the best thing ever. It's it's amazing, man. And then um, for those that don't know, his mom just showed up one day with the police and just took him back. And that's my fault because I didn't go to court. You know, I didn't do all that and do the paperwork and shit. So that's just another failure. And that's why I say I failed as a dad, man, because I feel like I could have. Man, we were working so good, man. He was he was going so far. I was so proud of him. I'm proud of him regardless. But I was just proud of what he was able to accomplish. When he came down here, he was doing bad in school and things like that. We got him on track. He was doing fucking awesome. And then he got taken from me. And it's like, it's not the first time. You know, for those that don't know, I've been in California. And my son, he got taken by CPS at one point because um, there were some children murdered up in Washington, where he was, and he ended up getting taken by CPS. And um, when CPS talked to me on the phone, they were like, "Well, you need to move up here." Blah. I'm like, I can't fucking relocate. Like, I barely, I'm, I'm borderline homeless down here, but I actually had a place and I had a job at that time. So I'm like, no, send him down here. They, said they wanted to send him to California. They put him in a foster home and said, and said that there was too much red tape with California. And that's bullshit that's bullshit Fuck our government fuck all that I could go off on that All day but I'm not going to They just looked at me as a loser you know And they were fine making my son a loser along with it And it was like man fuck you guys I hate Everything about but like I said I'm born In America I'm thankful for the opportunities But there's so much corrupt bullshit and softness And bitch shit oh man it'll be the day that it all falls. I'm not going to feel bad. You know, maybe even Rome fell, but I'm just looking at all this soft shit that's going on in the media and even with the Epstein shit and just everyone with his Hunter Biden and all that, it's like, dude, this shit is whack, man. You have so many powerful people just taking, taking all that power that their parents had and just, it's, it's sad folks. It's, it's, a it's, uh, it makes me understand why leaving a lot of money to your children may not be the best idea. Um, For those that don't know, my my good, good friend growing up, they lived a couple houses down. I remember getting the word that their dad died when we were in kindergarten. These guys got lump sums of money, 18 racks. When you hit 18, when you hit 18 years old, I think they got like 18 or $30,000, man. Both of those guys are broke within two years. Like, we just didn't have the education on what to do with money. And they got out, they were just buying weed, they're buying this, this, and that, buy a car. You know, they're just buying shit. Oh man, I love those guys. Uh, from what I hear, I just talked to somebody the other day about them. They're doing both really bad, like really, really bad. The last time I saw one of them, I couldn't even say hi. Man, he looked like a fucking zombie, and I'm with my son, and it's like, dude, we can't even say hi to that. He looked like he was homeless, you know, but he was going trash can to trash can with his girl. And it's like, man, those are my people, man, and uh, that's why I say I've been a loser for a long time, been associated with losing. My best friends growing up, Mister Delgado, man r.i.p that was my best friend seventh grade he's dead he killed his cousin and then when the police surrounded the house he ended up killing himself he didn't want to deal with the consequences um that's a lot of meth associated too after that one of my best friend eighth grade dante cannon man put a cough i already know man i hear you right now man just laughing in class and shit and uh, i love that dude he's he's no longer with us it's just a lot of my best friends, man, I go and visit them at the cemetery. I remember when I was homeless, I go pick up a tall can of OE, just go sit at the gravestone, just fucking ask him, man, what do we do? What do I do, dog? I don't know what to do. I never thought I was going to get out of my car, man. When I was homeless and living in my van by myself, I just remember just how? How the fuck am I going to get out of here? And it all just starts It's one job. Get a job, start getting those paychecks structure your life around that job. Next thing you know, you get a roof over your head. Um, Thankfully for me, my mom actually stepped in. My mom and my stepdad gave me a little place to stay for a little bit. Got back on my feet Uh, from there. Yeah, man, my mom's just been an amazing support system. And I think that she did a lot of that because she felt bad for leaving us. Um, And I say leaving, she just went on to do her own life, Uh, moved in with my stepdad who just recently passed away that was interesting, man. I think I told you uh, last time I saw him, he didn't even say hi to me. He completely, like, ducked me. And that was, that was fucking weird because I don't, I don't have that emotion to where, like, when I saw him, it was just like, hey, like, that's my homie. Like, that's that's my stepdad. Like, what's up, man? But, yeah, he just completely didn't even want to look at me, looked the other way. Like, he didn't even know me. It was just like, what the fuck? Like, I ain't going to go out of my way to say hi to somebody that ain't going to say hi to me. But at the same time, I didn't choose for you to be in my life. You chose for me to be in yours. You know what I mean? So it was all it was fucking weird, man, it was weird, but he was with another woman, so I don't know if that has something to do with it, I don't know, man, I love that motherfucker, and the time that I saw him before that, it was like big hugs, I saw him at the dentist spot, I came out of the dentist, and he just happened to be sitting there like, what the fuck, man, what's stepdad, um, him and I never got into it too bad, that's why I'm I never really, I had a different um direction, I, I know that he wanted me, you know, they just want you to work and they want you to do that stuff, man. I wasn't trying to work. I'm just over here nailing chicks and going out every night, you know what I mean, and it's just that's that's the life that's the life ratchetism the ratchetism was thick, boy, oh man, so how did I turn this shit around? I never really did folks um I guess uh one of the good things going for me is um, I've always been a very physically fit person. I work out a lot. Um, I definitely have that. Uh, I'm going to work out as soon as I'm done with this podcast. Just because maybe maybe that's the way I deal with most of my emotions. So I used to have a lot of uh, anger issues, we'll say. When I was in seventh grade, they they set me up for anger management class. Eighth grade. When I was in eighth grade, they set me up for anger management class. I got kicked out of them, actually. But it was just a lot of... uh, I'd say anger and just uh, emotions, Would say. I, I guess I definitely had some emotions, but, yeah, I just... I work out a lot, folks, so if I don't really get mad, I don't get mad very often. Um, I won't get mad. I'll walk away. I, I, I understand the darkness in those... I'm comfortable in the shadows, folks. I'll be the first person to tell you, motherfucker. I'll go. You want to do some torture? We can go rip somebody's fingernails off of pliers. I'll help. You know what I mean? I'll be the one doing it. Just let me. So, I. I know where I can go and I stay away from those. You know, I try to stay in the light, man. Um, and I'll tell you what about humans, man, that's shits in all of us. The same Gandhi's in you, the same Hitler's. And you. you know what I mean? Everybody has what you're capable of. You don't even know until you're put to that extreme. And if you do have children, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, look, either you kill that person or your kid dies. You know, you're going to kill that motherfucker. I don't give a damn what you say. You the same motherfucker. You got that Hitler in you too, Boy, I promise. Um, yeah it's crazy i forget who says there was a very wise uh philosopher that said that one time um i'm trying to remember what the quote was but i think it was a gandhi hitler one and it's like it's the same you know it's the same same ability um somebody that can be so evil can also be so nice and it's amazing to me and there's other people that can't be either they're just kind of um isolated. I don't know. People are different and I can say that because my my cousin, he was in the mental institute his whole life. So he was always viewed I guess as a loser. But um he was he, uh, a loser with a reason, a loser with an excuse. Like he was mentally he was just always different, you know, and I don't know my dad, I just see the way that people talk about him and stuff. And nobody really, you know, nobody's a fan of him. And it's like, dude, it's not even his fault. Like that shit's all mental. Like he's just off. And that's the weirdest part. Cause his parents are very successful. His mom's an amazing, successful, you know, uh, working with the government type lady. His dad's a retired cop, you know, and he's, he, they've invested so much resources, time, patience, money, love into that kid. And it's, It didn't work out, man. He's home now. So I love you, Jeff, man. So Jeff to the left. I'm so happy he's back home and just uh, not roaming the streets. I definitely always worry about that dude. But at the same time, I don't because half the time I can't take care of myself. I ain't even worry about taking care of him. Funny story for that dude. How he got kicked out of our house. My mom sent him with 20 bucks down to the liquor store to go get two packs of cigarettes, um, a pack of players, and a pack of Marlboro 100s for my mom. See, I remember that shit from way back then. But he left and he came home about eight hours later and when they asked him where the money is he said he spent it on crack and he was out of the house that day that's why i mean that fool was something else man i love him i love my cousin man he i learned so much from him and just walking in i walk in he's doing military cadence in the garage in the house just walking back and forth left left just like what the fuck bro like he's on some crazy but That's my cousin, man. I remember visiting him in the mental institute. So as a kid, I spent a lot of time in the mental institute. I had to go visit my mom there. I had to go visit, you know, my sister there in the mental wards and everything. So it's like, I've been a loser for a long time, folks. So If you see me in public, you'll never know it. So I guess the point of this episode is we're all living our own illusions. You know what I mean? Especially when you look on social media, everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. We're not that fucking happy, man. Um, I don't know about y'all. Maybe y'all are, I don't know, but from what I hear, I be watching a lot of documentaries and shit, and people and people ain't, you know, you be posting one thing and doing the other, so all I know is me, folks, and I would like to be the first person to tell you, I'm the biggest fucking loser you know, you know, and I'm the biggest piece of shit that you know, and I'll also give you the shirt off my back, so anybody else that you know, you figure out where they lay in that equation, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell y'all, man. I'm the biggest piece of shit you ever meet, and I'm the first person that would be there to help you. You know, I drove by the other day, saw somebody drop their damn car off of the jack. Can I just pull over? And fuck, let me help you fix it real quick. You know what I mean? Fix your damn problem, and then I keep on my way. All the tweakers around here, they always come by my Hey, man, I got this issue. Can you help me with my house? Can you help me with my, my car? Can you help me? I'm that dude. I'm always helping people, but at the same time, like I said, when I help my neighbor... It came over, the squatters came over, needed a jack, needed all the tools. Here you go, bro. Here it all is. Here it all is. Take it all. What else you need? Here you need brake tool here. Here's a tool to compress the calipers. Here you go. Here's all. When he didn't bring it back, whoo boy, they saw the demon. They saw the other guy. They saw the they saw down the barrel. You know what I mean? When I went in that house, they uh all my shit ended up in front of my garage real quick. Let me put it that way. So like I said, I'm the nicest guy. I'm the biggest I'm a, I'm a I'm a happy loser. I'm very happy being the loser that you guys laugh at. So I've been laughed at my whole life. Seventh grade, I had two pairs of pants. I weigh a buck 55 today. I think I'm in a size 32. Back then, I was like a 28. I wore size 36 and size 42s. Like my pants were huge. I remember I always had enough for a second person in there. And I always had to, a belt wasn't like an option. You had to have a belt or your pants wouldn't go on. Um, I lived that life. You know, our shoes, they were always counterfeit. Uh, what was it? Three pairs for twenty bucks. Ten dollars a pair or three for twenty. And we would go three for twenty. You get some Nikes with some fucked up uh backwards logos and shit and trying to go so I would just get some like knockoff looking skate shoes. Nobody everybody even knew that they were fake. Like they, we we got fake knockoffs. Like it was it was it was one hell of a life, folks, but I've been laughed at so long that it doesn't bother me anymore. That's why I can get on here, I can get on video, it's like what motherfuckers laugh at me. Like you won't laugh at me in front of my face, I promise you that. Because I love punching people. I just love the high of uh, fighting. There's nothing like the high of robberies, the high of fighting, the high of getting with a new chick you've never been with before. That's pretty fucking cool. It's really weird how you do it like a second, third time. Somebody you've been with for a while, it's not the same fucking. There's no nervousness and nothing like that. When you're in for the first time, especially for somebody that's like. I remember being with some girls that were so damn beautiful. I was like, I don't even deserve to be here. Like, I got to do some extra shit, so man, life is good. Life is good. Um, viewed as a runaway, man. So yeah, I was viewed as a runaway for a long time. And when I, when I think about that, I just think about my parents, man. I don't know how I put my parents through all that shit that I did. Cause I know I spent, um, Christmas, I spent with my dad, man, that was the first holiday I spent with a family member in probably 15 years. Like I don't, I don't, we don't spend it like I don't, I don't know. I spent all the holidays alone. And I remember my dad, he called me the next day, just wondering if I was alive like, was, I was just wondering if you were hanging from somewhere and it's like, what the fuck would I be hanging for? Like, I don't think he understands that I spent most of the holidays by myself. You know what I mean? I spend them without my kids too. That's the hardest part is, um, I love my son and my son is my life. My daughter is now cause I've actually have her, but my son ever since the day that he was born, man, I've I've never been able to you know, be away. I never wanted to be away from him. Um, I spent every moment that I could with him and it was always awesome. I'd take him everywhere, man. He ride with me down all the girls that I knew, knew all the guys I knew, knew everybody knew that I was always riding with my little road dog, man. And when I lost him, that's when the, uh, Bob dog 2.0 came out. So that's when, uh, damn, I wish I was doing a podcast back then. And that's when I started robbing everybody. I robbed every drug dealer that I knew. I think except for one, I couldn't set it up. Right. Um, and he was always, he, I think he knew, he was, he <laughs> motherfucking never let, made it possible. I could have hit his house. I knew where he lived, but I didn't, I didn't do that. Um, yeah, man. My son left. Oh man, y'all should have seen it. I went straight to the dark side, man. I was robbing every drug dealer. I've, I've done every type of robbery. You can think armed robbery. I hit him with pepper spray. I've just taken it and run um, every type of robbery. You can think of but pretty much, uh, couple businesses. You know what I mean? I was taking, taking, taking. And I think that in the long run, I think I've given back um, probably as much as I can take. So I would say right now, if me and karma, I'll look at karma right in the face and we just hopefully we shake hands because I try to give back, folks. And that's why even when I speak about the poker tournaments that whole time, the reason why I did it was I just wanted to give back. I feel like I've taken from so many people that this is an opportunity to give back. And at the same time, there was definitely some selfishness in there because I just wanted to play poker with somebody. And I couldn't find people to play poker with, so I started a little poker tournament and just started, you know, getting people to play poker with me. And uh, that was growing, man. I had it up over 100 people every every weekend, you know, 100 people on the thing. We we're going, you know, and it, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. It was really uh, difficult to try to figure out, like, a worldwide time schedule because I'd have people on the other side of the world like, dude, I can't be up at those hours. And it's like, fuck, man, I got... X amount of people on this continent, and I got X amount of people on this continent, and I need to, you know, I got a majority over here, so I got to make them happy. But I want to make everybody happy, and I guess that's what being a business owner is. So I just wanted to come out and just talk to everybody about just life as a loser, man, and just say that if if you are viewed as a loser, if you ever feel that you're a loser, fuck them, man. Hey, let me tell you something: when you're sitting there and you're under that bridge and you're homeless and you don't have shit to eat and you're on day three, these motherfuckers are still laugh at you. You know what I mean? I have motherfuckers laughing at me until I walk up and I take their shit. Now laugh, motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a different world, baby. It's a different world. So, especially for the younger generation, if you're growing up trying to put videos or, you know, ashamed of the content or scared of what people might say about you or you don't want to put a video on social media because of what somebody might say, fuck them. I'm telling you right now. Take it from Bob Dog. They don't give a damn about you. They're going to laugh at you while you're down. They're going to talk shit about you when you're up. So, when it comes to making everybody else happy, just look in the mirror because that's the motherfucker that you go, you can't hide from right there. You know what I mean? When I look in the mirror now, I have to deal with all of it, man. I still, hear, I still hear some screams from some moments that I wish I didn't have to. You know what I mean? When I close my eyes, I still see the look in people's eyes where they're scared for their life, you know? And it's like I've seen, I've seen some shit that I qualify as a loser in everybody's book. So I'm happy. For the title, I wear it with honor, and if anybody gives it to you, don't be ashamed of it. Just know that you can always make it better for yourself. You can better your position, and as long as you're not hurting anybody along the way, I think you're a fucking winner. So, I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. This was the life of a loser, and I'm happy to be one. So, if y'all feeling down any time, man, just know life is good, man. Life is fucking good, man. And just... Get your education. And I don't mean that by going to college and doing all that shit. Just get smarter, folks. Just continue continue to grow. Continue to learn. There's a lot of bullshit out on, especially like social media. So I'm not calling social media bullshit. It's just there's a lot of things that can um, keep you preoccupied. For me, it was video games. I played a lot of fucking video games, and it's gotten me uh, close to nowhere. Um, I enjoy it. Like I said, I play chess in front of me. What does it get me? Probably nothing. You know what I mean? Do I I feel like I love the strategy and I can use it, but when it comes to, especially this day and age, good luck. Um, you can't have violence anyways in America, according to them, but uh, fuck, man, I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. I have so much more to say about just being viewed as a piece of shit, but I love it, folks. I, I, really, I don't want to be a successful guy. I really don't want to, I don't even want to be famous. I don't want to walk around the mall and have people running all over me pulling their phones out, like, Go enjoy your fucking time in the mall. You know, don't worry about me. Let me just remain low key. Nobody even look at me. I stay low profile. You know what I mean? That's the way I've always ridden. Um, my cars, they're a little loud. I might have some blue rims or something on a little CRX, but I love y'all, man. I love y'all. Whatever you're going through, just know you gonna make it. You're going to fucking make it, man. And I, I'm telling you, this is somebody that, that lived under that damn overpass. You know what I mean? That, that, you know, I always just have my blanket. That's it. Just give me my blanket, my sweater. We going to make it. And uh, folks, just because you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, just fucking keep going, man. Just keep going. That's all I can tell you, man. I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. If I can help you in any way, please reach out to me, man. I would love to help anybody I can in any way. And I probably ain't going to send you no damn money. But should y'all come live with me, I don't give a fuck, man. I have shirt off my back. I swear that. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And I'm out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast. With your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media. Subscribe on YouTube. And visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in 3, 2, one.